At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on VSIN's primetime action live from the South Point, Gil Alexander, Wes Reynolds in for Matt Brown tonight. Kelly Bidlin here, rested from his journey back where his plane bounced off the ground and went back in the air upon landing. He's okay. Yeah. You all right? Yeah. yeah, you recovered? Yeah, yeah. Right. My, my hotel room was kind of broken into Your as well. hotel room was yeah, broken it was, into. It was, it was quite an adventure. What a wedding. <laughs> yeah, great wedding. Amazing wedding. I had a great time there. All right, let's update the scores, and then we'll do the tennis picks, and we'll talk golf. Yeah, let's start over in college basketball. What am I seeing, boys? Northwestern up one right now? Up one. 66-65, a minute and a half left in that one. Uh, let's see. We have Norfolk State up on Delaware State, 67-56, a minute 25 left in that game. Rice up on Charlotte, 57-45, 430 remaining in that game. Rice, 12.5-point live favorites, 122.5 the live total. Virginia Tech leads. Clemson 43 to 32. Uh, that game is at the half. Live numbers on it Virginia Tech 10 and a half and 146 and a half. West Virginia leads Kansas State 38 34 at the half. West Virginia two and a half point live favorite 144 and a half in li- the live total. Fresno State up on San Jose State 29 to 26. Uh, second half just beginning there. Fresno State, 10.5-point live favorites, 120.5 the live total. Louisiana Tech leads Marshall, 42-36, to 36, 18 minutes left to go in the game. Uh, Louisiana Tech, 9.5-point live favorites, 150.5 
the live total. Vermont up on Binghamton, 41 to 31. 16-30 left in the game there. Vermont, 20.5 point live favorites, 131.5 the live total. UMBC up on Hartford, 39 to 37. University of Maryland, Baltimore County. That's Nailed the it. one. Nailed it. You know, of course, what they're famous for. Yeah, right? yeah, the uh, mm-hmm. the upset. Yep, that's mm-hmm. right. Three and a half point live favorites, 142 and a half the live total there. Colgate the up, leads. The upset, he says. The yes. upset. Uh-huh. 16 to 1 or 15? 16 to 1, yeah. Mm-hmm. 16 to 1. Over who? I don't remember. Over Virginia. Who. Virginia. That's who right. the very next year. That's when I bet them to win it all, and yes, they did. And I was they like, did. they're going to get made fun of all year long, and they're bringing everybody mm-hmm. back. Had an awful night against UMBC. Yeah. Colgate, my favorite school, up on Navy, 23 to 15. Eight minutes left in the first half. Colgate, 10.5 point live favorite, 131.5 the live total. Auto bid. Auto bid, there you go, up, up for grabs there. DePaul and St. John's tied at 14, 11, 11.30 left in the first half. St. John's, 4.5 and, and 154.5. And Over in the NBA, where Kelly is much more familiar with team names and schools. Even even schools where players win. Celtics up on the Hornets, 52 to 48, 12 minutes. Uh, actually, that game's at halftime. Celtics, seven and a half point live favorites, 213 and a half the live total. Pistons up on the Bulls, 56 to 53, halftime there. Bulls, three and a half live and 225 and a half. The Heat lead the Suns, 25 to 23, three minutes left in the first quarter. Heat, four and a half point live favorites, 228 and a half the live total. A Frantic pace to that game. We do have one NHL game about to start in about five minutes. Capitals at the Oilers. Oilers minus 135 over at DraftKings. Capitals plus 115, six and a half the total on that game. And then one game late tonight, 10.30 Eastern time. You have the Canadians at the Canucks. Canucks minus 210. Canadians plus 180 over at DraftKings. Six, your total for that game. Couple uh, ones for college basketball I want to get to that did just go final. Oregon over Oregon State, 86-72. Gil, we were talking about it earlier off, off air. Oregon State was in the Elite Eight last year in the NCAA tournament, and they just uh, concluded a 3-28 and season, a miserable season in Corvallis. Oregon Ooh. will advance tomorrow to face Colorado in the uh, Pac-12 tournament. Also, Ole Miss beats uh, Mississippi, or excuse me, uh, Missouri beats Ole Miss 72-60. to Missouri is going to get LSU in the next round of the SEC tournament. And then one interesting score at halftime. We talk about an auto bid in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. The number one seed by far and the best team in that conference are Rick Pitino's Iona Gales 25 and 6. They are only up on 12 and 18 rider 30 to 28 at the half Iona minus six and a half for the second half 71 on the total so recall in these one bid leagues if you're a one seed and you lose, you get an auto bid to the NIT. But Iona has been the clear best team oh, in this people conference. People already so. penciling them in for most yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, you would have thought with Rick Pitino with four seniors in the starting lineup, but Ryder giving them all they want so far. Meanwhile, in the Big Ten tournament, Northwestern and Nebraska with one minute, one second left, are deadlocked at 69. Northwestern with the Rock. And Northwestern pounded Nebraska in both season meetings this year, won by double digits in both. Nebraska has really led for most of this game, so they have mm-hmm. been the better team. But nevertheless, Northwestern has the basketball, 50 seconds left to go. Look like Nebraska, and we, we're doing several things here, but it looked like Nebraska's just missing a lot of threes this half. Live and die by the threes, and they were dying by it. 
But uh, they need a stop and a score here, and they get the stop. No, offensive rebound goes back to the Wildcats, and they'll sort of reposition themselves now. Uh, We got, ooh. 32.3 seconds left. Timeout Northwestern. They'll reconsider everything. Give us some time to uh, give us some tennis picks for the night. Uh, Indian Wells down there in Southern Cali, Riverside County. Tennis is de facto fifth major. The men don't start till tomorrow. And by the way, there's drama on that side because Novak Djokovic was in the draw. And then it turns out he Mm -hmm. can't play in the tournament. He'd done that already once this year. Uh, back at the Australian Open. So he's out of the tournament. On the ladies' side, Ash Barty, number one player in the world. She announced a long time ago uh, that she was not going to be in this tournament. Turns out the replacement number one seed, if you will, Barbora Krajikova, she bowed out of the tournament yesterday. So I have Iga Sviatek at a really good price at 7-1, to one, or plus 750, I believe it was, plus 750, to win this tournament. She obviously gets a first-round bye. What I have tonight are the following. Two matches... Diana Yastremska, she is from Ukraine. She is minus 125 over Carolyn Garcia. Now, Yastremska has an amazing story about her and her sister escaped Ukraine before the bombing started. Her parents told the girls, get out of here. And it was a harrowing sort of three-day non-sleep adventure. She got to an indoor court tournament in Lyon, France. She went all the way to the finals before losing. So the nice thing about Indian Wells is they don't start the following Monday, like a traditional tennis tournament, there's a lag period. So I would normally be reticent to play her if it was, you know, sort of the the tennis equivalent to a letdown, playing a tournament right after you get to the finals. But instead, she's had some days to rest. Her numbers are better than that of Carolyn Garcia. I've got Yastremska at minus 125. And then the other one, Beatriz Haddad Maya. She's Brazilian. She's taking on Sofia Kennan. Some folks may remember from a numbers game, we had Sofia Kennan to win the Australian Open a few years back which she did for us. She has been a shell of her former self. Yes, could she at any time regain that form? It's always possible. But the numbers say go Maya. So it's Yastremska minus 125 and Haddad Maya minus 120, your tennis picks of the night. Speaking of fifth majors, Wes, TPC, no Bryson DeChambeau. He's pulled out of this. What are you looking for here? Yeah, and and one of the things, Gil, and I think Kelly would probably agree with this when he chimes in, is that this is one of the hardest tournaments on the PGA Tour to handicap because a lot of weeks you can go and look at kind of like course form. It's like, okay, horses for courses. Certain guys always play well here. You'll see like a form line of 10th. 15th, 7th, you know, these are guys always in the top 5 or top 10 or top 20. You do not get that here. If you look at Rory McIlroy, who won here in uh, 2019, missed the cut the year before. Jason Day did the same thing, won in 2016, missed the cut the year before. And when you look at even patterns of players, you do not see a similar type of player. Yeah, you've got guys that can bomb it out there. Jason Day certainly did it. Rory McIlroy did it. But you've also had the Tim Clarks and the KJ Choys and the Fred Funk win here basically over the last 20 to 25 years so you do not necessarily have to be a bomber these are a lot of dog leg holes so you got to work your ball one way off the tee and then you got to work it completely the opposite way into these very small greens about 5,500 square feet on average uh it, depending on who you believe this year, these are usually Bermuda greens, but overseeded now that they've moved this event to March with uh, some bent grass and some POA. But from what I've heard from observers on the courses, this may putt a little bit more like POA this week instead of Bermuda, which is very rare for Florida. You usually get all Bermuda grasses throughout the state. 
Is there a reason, by the way, I'll throw this to both of you. Is there a reason why, because we've, we've heard that, right? The Masters would be the opposite. It's the most historically predictive, yes. right? What is it about this golf course that makes it the opposite of that? I think having water on about every hole, 17 holes, of course, uh, makes it a big deal. There's just a lot more ways to get in trouble on this golf course. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's it's mainly that, right, Wes? And then what Wes was talking about before, that you don't see at a ton of golf courses where they really make sure to make, you know, when you're seeing dog leg left or dog legs right, to basically even them out exactly, exactly the same. You'll have courses that will go, you know, down one way and then come back the other, and you'll see a lot of the same shots for several holes in a row. These this course gives you a different look almost every almost every hole, depending on where you're going. Dog left, dog leg left, dog leg right, and then it's also a course, Wes, where you you sometimes it's not best to play in the fairway. You yeah. want to set yourself up for different angles. Then you're hitting out of the rough, and they make the rough really long. It's it's always one of those. It, it's a combination of factors, but it's it, it's a lot of that guilt. And then when you hear this is, I think when you hear golfers say it and one after another says it, it's one of those, it just has to be, it has to be true when every golfer says they, it's hard for them to predict every year how they're going to do at the, at this tournament. They all love playing it, but. TPC Sawgrass with the iconic 17th hole Island hole that most people would know. Um, as maybe the most recognizable hole, would you say, on the whole PGA Tour? Yeah, I think so. And, yeah. and what Kelly yeah. is talking about, these holes going opposite directions. This is kind of like Pete, the late Pete Dye's masterpiece design, if you will, here in the United States. And it will be on display this week. All but right. there are certain some certain stats that matter more than others, Gil. We'll talk about those on the other side in our bets. Let's do that. And the bets, as you said. By the way, a charge called, and I think a correct one, with, uh, with uh, pardon me, Nebraska down one. They might be down three momentarily. Seconds left. Coming back. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Join the College Hoops action for free with the March Mania Survivor presented by KFC. Pick winning teams throughout the tournament to outlast the competition and feast on your share of $30,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash KFC hyphen March hyphen Mania. Now to play free for your cut of the cash. KFC, it's finger linking good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Well, I, I really did jinx Nebraska, didn't I? Northwestern beats them by a bucket. Uh, Northwestern, by the way, does get the cover. They close for pretty much market-wide. But uh, Nebraska had been leading most of the game. Uh, Northwestern makes a late run. They do not convert the second foul shot. Nebraska has a clear spot to the bucket. But ball stripped away, loose ball, time is running, and the time runs out on the Cornhuskers. So uh, Northwestern, the 12th seed in the Big Ten tournament, they'll advance to face Iowa tomorrow afternoon. I want to get you your uh, golf picks here, but can we can we show the Sean King tweet real quick here, Kelly? Because... Uh... Our own Sean King, right as we were coming on air, threw this up on the old Twitter machine. Sean King, co-host of the, uh, of course, uh, at Circa, the nightcap with uh, Tim Murray. He said, uh, he wrote, hearing if things go well Friday, that Deshaun Watson to the Steelers is happening soon after. Hmm. Hmm. 
Things that make you go, hmm. CNC. Little CNC Music Factory, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Freedom Williams on the rhyme, yeah. of course. Which Arsenio co-opted. He did. Uh, I remember that yeah. segment, man. He always used to have the guy from the band that yeah. did the things that make you go whom. So I don't know if Cole and Clavilla in Sevillas ever sued Arsenio for that. <laughs> I don't think they did. Uh, what do we What do we make of Sean King? Are we giving Sean King some dap here? Are we saying that he's uh, that he knows a little something that we don't? Well, I guarantee he knows more people than we do when it comes right. to things like this. But mm-hmm. the uh, I mean, this will be interesting because when we we saw the shakeup yesterday in. The NFL landscape, I would say, talk about another. If this if this ended up happening, talk about another division that just became super stacked. Right? I mean, that is. Oh. I, I mean, that's another ridiculous division to try to make it through. Because Pittsburgh would have Deshaun in this scenario. Yep. Right. Cleveland Browns. I mean, still good. You know, still good. Whatever you want to say about Baker Mayfield, they're still talent on they're that. Still talent. Yeah. Cincinnati, last I checked, was in the Super Bowl. Yep, pretty sure. And the Baltimore Ravens at one point were eight and three. And what, 2019 MVP on their roster? Yeah. Do you take that division over the West at that point? That is just two ridiculous Ooh. divisions. I think the AFC West is still better. No, no, I don't know. I have no idea. Think about that, though. Those two divisions, and, and that doesn't even include, like, Buffalo and, oh, by the way, the number one seeded Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. And the New England Patriots. And uh, the New still, England Patriots. You, you, as long as the hoodie is there on the sideline, yeah. they're going to be a factor. 100%. Well, then I think, I mean, if that, if something like that actually happened, then you got to start th- thinking about teams that, like, all right, we talk, we talk a lot about tanking on this show in different sports for different reasons. Wouldn't there be some teams in the AFC from week one you would just be like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm good. Wait, well, let's just wait till next year. Let's yeah. get a better draft spot. We're talking about you, Houston Texans. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what do you what do? You do? What yeah, do you what do you, what's the point? <laughs> we didn't even mention the Colts, who are now looking for a quarterback. But as we said, the absence now, the subtraction of Carson Wentz, their odds got shorter. So right, and and then you get all the tweets and all the information put out there. The fact that the Colts now lead the league in cap space, sixty nine million dollars. Now will Chris Ballard spend it properly? Uh, of course, you're going to have to spend some of it. But I'm interested to see what they're going to do at quarterback. If they're going to make a trade for somebody like Garoppolo, it's kind of the obvious candidate, right? Yeah. But maybe they go if somebody like Mitchell Trubisky on a short term restructured deal. We shall see. But uh, you kind of knew the handwriting was on the wall there in Indianapolis that they were not. Going to so, go. Bring Carson Wentz. Washington back. just bailing him out. Bailing him out. By the way, last thing on this. Does Sean King's tweet make you want to race and bet Pittsburgh every which way? Yay or nay? No, not not yet, but it, and I'm not gonna say it, it, not gonna take away anything from what Sean may or may not be hearing. It's more the, I don't want to put myself in the same situation I did the other day, right, Gil? Yeah. Like run to bet in the like, wait a second, that division's really good. What I just do. What I just do. Oh, man. It's makes I, it fun. I do think, though, unlike, I mean, where if that happened, where do you put the Steelers in that division? In the division? Yeah. I mean. Because unlike, the, I think the Broncos are third best in their division. Well, they're certainly not best. They're not best. And I, I don't even know. I think I'd still put Chargers ahead of them. So I think they're third. I think the Steelers are right up there at the top. Are they? I think, I think they have the least, same exact problem. I think you at least got to put them two, though. I think that I don't think they're any further down than two. 
I'm not sure they are. I'm not sure they're. <laughs> it's an interesting. Like, I'm not sure they're top two. I really am not sure because we anticipate yeah. maybe some regression from Cincinnati. Maybe. I don't want to say that that is in fact going to happen, but do we really believe that the Bengals are going to be, even though they have Joe Burrow, that they are going to be long-term players in this division? And I think that there's some cynicism about that. I hear what you're saying, but Baltimore would go the other direction than probably two, right? And then Cleveland. By the way, if you're Cleveland, we never oh, talk about this. Yes. If you're Cleveland, yeah. Are you like, why didn't we get Russell Wilson? Like, why didn't we? We really doing another and, year, and Baker? like you seemingly like for all the all, I mean the the pain in Cleveland for Cleveland oh. Cle- for the Cleveland Browns. You're could you if that something like this happened, you would all of a sudden be looking back and saying, "Oh man, we actually had a, a window. It was really small, but we had a window and we didn't really do anything with it." If if we were so if when all this shakes out, let's say Deshaun, let's say Sean King's tweet is right, and Deshaun ends up with Pittsburgh. How many NFC teams? In the odds to win the Super Bowl, how many NFC teams would be in the top 10? Green Bay and the Rams? End of story? Maybe Dallas. Maybe Dallas. If they are, they shouldn't be, though, in my opinion. Let let me do it another way. Top half. Top 16 teams. How many NFC teams would be in that? That's the better question. Green Bay, uh, the Rams, and Dallas. We saw San Francisco yesterday, but I don't think they should Mm -hmm. be. Green Bay, the Rams, and Dallas. That's all I would put in the top I think that's the story. Top I really what, yeah, do. 16? I think that's it. Top yeah. half. Because you can't put anybody in the South, I don't think, right now, because who knows who's going to win that division. I mean, who's next? You're talking the like 49ers, Cardinals, Vikings. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. That tier. That tier. And that actually, that's it, because they are the clear next tier. Oh, God. Hey, man, it it might be a weird NFL season, but I'm up for it. I'm up for a weird NFL season. And it's going to be really weird because next year in 2023 is when you have all these UFAs in terms of quarterbacks. uh, Cousins, Stafford, Garoppolo, Carr, Kyler Murray, uh, Baker Mayfield, several others. A lot of free agents. Not a lot of them this year, though, in this quarterback class. That's what makes the NFL so awesome. We're talking about it. Draft is still a month and a half away. Can't wait. Every day, it's another cataclysm. I mean, there's a guy, I I mean, major legal issues going on. I don't want to take anything away from that. But just the the fact that there is a guy like Deshaun Watson that's out there to be gotten, possibly, is incredible. At the age he's at, the skill level he's at. And we have no idea how this is going to go Friday. None of us, by the way, this just in, are attorneys. None of us are judges. We have no clue how this works. But... When these things happen, they happen fast, and it could be, you know, it could be the end of the story on Friday, or it could be just the, you know, a continuation of a long absence that who knows could take him into being absent next year, too. That would just stink. I mean, I mean you really do have to think of this as basically the beginning of, of all the reports that we heard, what, nine months ago now it was, whenever this first came out. Yeah. This is really the beginning of that process, is, is starting this week. Does it surprise you if this is true? Does it surprise you that Pittsburgh, well, I mean, if he's exonerated, he's exonerated, right? Right. Then then I guess the the answer would be no. It wouldn't surprise you if Pittsburgh would. Like Washington was a team, for instance, because Washington is literally being investigated by Congress for sexual misconduct deals with their front office, perhaps all the way up to the owner. So they could not possibly have made a run at Deshaun Watson. But I would have liked to have seen Tampa, for instance. 
Pittsburgh Pittsburgh surprises me a little well, bit, if that's the case. You know, I mean, I, I have a feeling Tampa's one of those teams that's wait, wait, they have to wait and see, right? Because they are a – they still have a, by far enough talent on that team. You plug, you plug a Deshaun Watson in there, you yeah. are right back to Super Bowl contender. Well, for sure. Hmm. It's, it's, it's fascinating. You talk NFL all the time, man. Uh, by the way, Frank Reich has never had the uh, same starting quarterback in back-to-back years as a head coach. Uh, this in his brief head coaching career from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz to TBD. His record in Indy, despite all that quarterback movement, 37-28 and 28 straight up, two trips to the playoffs, one losing season. Just one losing season so far. It's 7-9. and nine. He wasn't the problem. No. No, no, not at all. And, and and look, the Colts still have some holes to fill, but I don't think that they're all that far away. You know, they're not going to be talked about as one of the favorites in the AFC, but that might be a team that has some value. But you got to assume that Ballard and company are going to get it right in Indy, but they've gotten it right on some draft picks and some free agents before. I'm ready to already anoint Ballard as GM of the year for what he pulled off today. Hey, uh, Washington. Why don't you take this guy off our hands? I tell you what, you can. Uh, we'll swap second round picks, but uh, why don't you give us two threes? And oh, by the way, one of those threes could be a two if uh, this guy plays a lot. And for you're years. taking on all the money. And that's the real Jedi mind trick. You're taking all the money. <sighs> Golf picks next. Beeson's Prime Time Action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college basketball season is in full swing, in case you haven't noticed. Grab a five-hour energy to stay alert to watch all your favorite games, or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime game, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day with zero sugar, an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. That's right, vitamins. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. With flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue, raspberry, and more, there's a flavor for everyone. Get a 5-hour energy today. Uh, we get tweets, by the way. Am I allowed to do we get tweets here on the show? Yeah. Chris Hartman. Gil, the West has to be the leader in the clubhouse, talking AFC West here. The AFC North has two quarterbacks who can't complete a forward pass in a league that requires it. Baker can't see his wide receivers, and Lamar's wide receivers have to dive more than a goalie-facing PKs. Okay, appreciate that, Chris. Uh, and this one is from uh, this one's from uh, D Gen Southern Gent. Is this one? Let me see where I found this one. Yeah, this one's from D Gen Southern Gent. Two of the most cultured hosts at Veasan on primetime action tonight, Gill and West. Oh, thanks. Uh, uh, wait, well, not me. Come on. Kelly, <laughs> uh, yeah, you are a regular bon vivant <laughs> here for God's sake. Strange sakes. omission here, Kelly. Uh, he says, "Will y'all be discussing any classical music? I'd love to hear about your favorite Beastie Boys album and why it's Paul's Boutique." <laughs> That's great. What's your favorite? I album? love that leading the witness. I there. do too. Absolutely. By the way, he's correct. It is Paul's Boutique, one of the most underrated, most influential hip hop albums of all time. That album is really responsible for the explosion of great sampling. Mm-hmm. So we just want to point that out about Paul's and Boutique. And also instrumentation, where the Beastie Boys you saw on the next album, the Check Your Head album, where they went a little bit more rock-oriented, and you can kind of see the signs of that on Paul's Boutique. That's right. Throw them at us. We well, got well, some. Well done, guys. Well done. Yeah, I, I would appreciate all these tweets. Keep bringing them. We'll, we'll set it up just a 645 segment for you guys. I'll just go hang out in the bar and grab a drink <laughs> while you're doing it. Sounds good. <laughs> all right, let's get back to golf. You guys, it's all yours. 
What do you got here, Wes? Well, let start. me let me run down the odds board really quickly. Uh, the two favorites up top, I believe these are current odds at DraftKings, so they may have been switched a little bit throughout the week. Justin Thomas, the defending players champion here at 10 to 1. No players champion has repeated, uh, I believe ever repeated here in the history of this tournament. John Rahm, world number one. He is 10 to 1. Colin Morikawa, 14 to 1. He is the world number two. By the way, in terms of the top five in the world golf rankings, first time ever in the history of those rankings that you now have all five players in that top five under 30 years old and a couple of those under 30 guys. Oh. Scotty Scheffler, 20 to 1. Patrick Cantlay, 20 to 1. Victor Hovland, 22 to 1. Lest I uh, not skip Rory McElroy, who is the 2019 winner here at TPC Sawgrass, 16 to 1. Then you get into the 25s. Hideki Matsuyama, a two-time winner on tour already this year. Xander Schauffele, 25 to 1. And then all the 30s, Daniel Berger, Cameron Smith, Brooks Kepka. By the way, he started at about 50 to 1 earlier this week. So more on Brooks Kepka later. Adam Scott, 30 to 1, also a former players champion. And Dustin Johnson. You don't see a big number on DJ very often, oh. but 35 to 1 this week in Jacksonville. He no one no one talking about DJ anymore no. these days. Well, he hasn't won in over a calendar yeah. year. The yeah. last time he won actually was the 2021 Saudi International. He did not win on the PGA Tour last year. First time I think in maybe like a decade that he did not win a PGA Tour event. Is that right? You know, yeah. if you had if you had asked me that and be like, "Hey, you know, did uh, DJ win the tournament last year?" I'd have been like, oh, "Of course he did." And it, it, no, it's true. Yeah, he, he yeah. didn't win. And and Wes, what he hasn't he hasn't looked terrible, but he has yeah. not looked good by any means. He, he's not a guy I'm running to bed, even even at the numbers that you're seeing on him now. Yeah, I don't know if it's the uh, the pending ma- marriage to Paulina Gretzky. I saw I the mean, I'd uh, be nervous. Too. I saw the yeah. photos on the gram of her uh, bachelorette party. I'm sure a, a good time looked to be had by all, but uh, probably a little bit of focus on that could be taken a little bit of focus, perhaps away from his golf game. So West always has the answer. Always. Always. Always has the answer. No stone unturned, no village unpillaged here on this program, fellas. All right, Wes, what'd you look at stat wise this week? Yeah, I, I mean, I always look at approach. I, I think you kinda that's kinda like the the starting point. I think if you're ever doing like modeling for golf, you want to be good with your irons. And this week it's gonna be weird too, yeah, because the weather one of the most important tournaments yeah. where this this stat's gonna come into play. I yeah, because the weather is going to get a little funky over the weekend. We you might get 20 to 30 mile an hour winds and then everything gets turned upside down. I did look a little bit at good drives gained. I think that, you know, takes into account your ability to place it off the tee. Even if you miss the fairway, the average rough, I think is like two and a half inches. So not as penal as we certainly saw last week at Bay Hill when you miss fairways. But I looked at that. I looked at greens and regulation gained are kind of like a crossover with approach. You'll get a lot of the same guys. Uh, proximity here in terms of proximity to the hole, it's 20 percent more difficult than and then than the average PGA Tour event just due to the smaller greens. So I did look at that strokes gain par four bogey avoidance. I think is going to be important this yeah. week too because of the 15 players that earned at least a share of a top 10 finish here at the players last year, seven of them ranked for the season on the PGA Tour top 20 in bogey avoidance. Uh, uh, strokes gained a uh, uh, short game a little bit and a little bit with windy conditions, but that's so hard to like model. I just happen to look at it to see, okay, how have they done in the really windy conditions? I believe at fantasy national where we kind of use a lot of our stats for modeling. The uh, category is known as windy AF windy as it you is. know what <laughs> and 20 to 30 mile an hour winds sound like that will qualify for windy AF over the weekend. Yeah. It's the, uh, I, 
Wes, I don't know about you, but that any any tournament when you're looking at small greens, it's always important to plug in that bogey avoidance to me because that is you want guys are going to be able to get on that green, and if they get on, they better not be three putting, right? You don't think they're going to be three putting, but they better not be. Or if they're going off the green, then they're probably ended up with a bogey. So bogey avoidance whenever you're playing playing a tournament with smaller greens, always an important stat. I plugged that in as well. Uh, strokes gained approach huge here, greens and regulation like you brought up. I did plug in par four, strokes gained par four, stroke gains, strokes gained par five. If you're going to win this tournament, you got to play the par fives well. There are four of them on this course. You don't see that every single week on the PGA Tour, uh, but you're going to have to score on the par fives this week. I did a little bit around the green and a little bit of scrambling, not too much. I weighed off the tee heavier here than I have been. I, I'm, I am each week uh, uh, weighing mm-hmm. that more and more. I just think it's becoming more and more important in today's game, not only the distance, but these guys that can keep it accurate off the tee because there's so many good approach players these days, Wes. I just worry about these guys off the tee box sometimes. So I want that mixture of t- guys that are good from tee to green at least. Get it up there and then let putting do its thing. Yeah. We're going to see guys putt great some weeks and putt horrible other weeks, but from tee to green, I need you to play well. So I did plug uh, the, uh, plug off the tee in pretty pretty uh, heavily into my model this week. This would be the second week all year, uh, Gil, that Justin Thomas, I would say, has outweighed John Rahm in my models. So I did fire on Justin Thomas. He was one of my outright plays. I got him at plus 17.50 here in town. I saw him up to almost 20 to one over at uh, circuit today, which is very, very off market uh, from what you're going to see on the East coast. So sorry if you're seeing 10 to one and 12 to ones out there, Daniel Berger was consistently top five in every model that I ran 34 to one. I grabbed on him and outright love him this week up there. Brooks Kepka took one of those 50 to ones. When I saw that uh, early on West, I, I said 50 to one Brooks in Florida. I can't pass up on that. Um, Sung GM, I would say is my third best behind Thomas and Berger as far as where he popped in the models this week. So able to get a 50-1 to on Sung J.M. Loved that on the outrights. Um, and then Will Zalator is taking him a 50-1, to going back to him as well uh, this week. And I do have a small bet on Gary Woodland because I will not quit Gary Woodland oh. until he finally gets off the schneid and wins. Too soon. Yeah, I, and, and Kelly and I actually have a lot of overlap this week with yes, uh, Berger, Kepka, M. I did play Gary Woodland. Back-to-back fifth-place finishes, and it looked like uh, we all had everybody surrounded here except for the actual winner, Scotty Scheffler. I know Kelly had Gary Woodland. I had three of the top five last week. I had Victor Hovland, I had oh. Billy Horschel, and I had Chris Kirk. And neither of them get the outright, so that's why, you know, I always kind of try to put a little piece on top five and top ten. It's not indicated on the screen there. But my outrights, uh, I did use John Rahm 14-1. to He kind of popped number one on a lot of the stats that I looked at. Uh, he should have really played uh, finished better last week at Bay Hill. He was just a disaster with the putter, but he led the field and he actually leads coming in the last 24 rounds. He leads this field for strokes gained off the tee strokes gained approach, the best approach numbers he has had since the uh, Northern trust in August. So, Berger, Kepka, and M for the reasons Kelly covered. Shane Lowry, 50-1, to 1, who was uh, standing on the 18th tee with the chance to win at PGA National at the Honda Classic two weeks ago, but then all of a sudden the rain came at the worst amount of time. However, if you look at Shane Lowry's career, he is probably one of the best players in the world in bad conditions, and he's got that claret jug from 2019 to absolutely prove it. That was a monsoon over there at Royal Portrush, and he got the uh, claret jug for his major championship. Alex Norris. 
Zorin, another kind of inclement weather player that I think could be very good in the wind at 100 to 1 for me. I had Woodland and Hatton last week. So we were all just uh, Terrell putted man. great. It looked like it, and we were monitoring the uh, in play over the weekend, and it was like, you know, maybe do I want to take him at eight to one? He's just sitting there at four under, just kind of waiting for these dudes to finish. And I thought that would help him yeah. getting in early. Yeah. yeah. The, the the other thing, one thing I want to bring up quick on John Rahm is this is the first tournament that I would first tournament maybe two months where I would say he's actually playable for everything that. West just laid out. The stats are still there with how well he's been playing, but now you're actually seeing odds that are not six to one, seven to one. You can actually bet them at a reasonable price now. Broncos, Russell Wilson props next. Beeson's primetime action. with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action, Gil, Wes, and Kelly tonight. Wes in for Matt Brown. Uh, let's take a look at the sort of some of the markets that were affected by the Broncos trade for Russell Wilson. Let's start with the Broncos win total for this coming season. It is set at 10.5 at points bet. Remember, the Broncos last year, 7-10, and 10, lost their last four games of the season. Teddy Bridgewater absent for most of those. He played the first 14 weeks, was inactive weeks 16, 17, and then was a DNP week 18 in that loss to the, uh, to the Chiefs. So it was mainly Teddy Bear for most of the year, but then it wasn't at the end. It was a smattering of Drew Locke, 10 and a half. In that division, two against the Chiefs, two against the Chargers, two against the Raiders. Well, the reason why I think that they put this so high, not just on the basis, because look, the market already always reacts to news on anything and perhaps even overreacts, at least at first glance, because I saw like the Broncos at one point got cut down to like 10 or 12 to one at a certain, uh, Mm -hmm. a certain uh, outlet out there. And I was like, well, that's way too much of an overreaction, you know, maybe down to 20, anywhere from 15 to 20, I think is reasonable considering it rose up to 25. Once the Rogers news was of course announced that he was returning turning the Green Bay, but you did mention in terms of their opponents, and we don't have a schedule out yet, but we do know at least who the majority of the opponents are. Of course, you mentioned the AFC West. They also get the AFC South this year, Gil, and that is not one of the stronger divisions Mm -hmm. in the National Football League. You got two teams that are still very much rebuilding in Houston and Jacksonville, even though I think they're going to be a little bit better this year with an offensive coach like Doug Peterson and really a coach that, quite frankly, knows what he's doing at the NFL level. They get Indianapolis at home who knows what Indianapolis is going to look like uh, several months from now and then they go to Tennessee they get the Jets at home that is still very much a rebuild and then they play the NFC West so they're the conferences that are not their division the two divisions they play are the AFC South and the NFC West this year okay let's play the old pitfall filled count them up game so let's say they let's say they split with the Raiders and they split with the Chargers we okay with that yes Let's say, sure. they, let's say they lose twice to the Chiefs. Just go with this. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's two wins. All right. So they got the Jets. That's a win. Three. All right. Then they play the whole AFC South. Let's say they go three and one there, yep, based on exactly. what you told us, right? Mm-hmm. That's six wins. Who else do they play in the Split AFC? the NFC West. They uh, go and play Baltimore on the road. No, we're not giving them that one. 
And they go play Carolina on the road. Seven wins. Let's give them that. And then you have the NFC West here. You have Arizona and San Francisco at home. Then you go to the Rams and to Seattle. Well, they're going to beat Seattle because that's the revenge spot. Revenge yes. spot, obviously. Yes. That's eight. Yep. Uh, I'll That'll just... probably be on like Monday night, the Monday night football schedule. I'll give them another. I'll yes. give them another win. In we'll there. give them another win in there. I'm struggling to get to eleven. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of am too, to be honest with yeah. you. Now that I look at this I schedule, am struggling to get to eleven. And we and yeah. Now they played Kansas City competitive though. In those games uh, down the stretch, I know uh, a little bit of resting for Kansas City when they went to Denver, but they lost, I think, twenty-two to nine. I recall on Sunday Night Football, and like a lot of the world was on Denver. It got bet down to like eight or seven and a half, and they actually outgained Kansas City by like about one hundred and fifty yards, but only managed nine points. So <laughs> they kind of. I just I'm laughing because Kelly, we literally just made Russell Wilson MVP and Broncos <laughs> Super Bowl bets yesterday. I'm like, I don't know, if they can get to eleven. <laughs> we can't get over their win total. Yeah. Like, you're like, can a nine and eight uh, team uh, have the MVP? But that's what we're going to see in some of these divisions that are so stacked. Like you're going to see teams that come in so under their win total or so over it because what's going to happen in the division, right? And and Gil, you kind of, you broke it out right. But like at best, I could sit here right now and give them three wins. Even if we were, I can't give them more than that right now. Well, this does seem like, because you just brought it up, this does seem like a good time to, to say for the first time in the calendar year of 2022, alternate season yes. win totals mm-hmm. are the jam. Those made me some money last year, so I will be playing those heavily this year. Drew Dinsick articulated it very well when he was on a numbers game this year. It's that you can't possibly expect books to make the alternate win totals efficiently priced. You just can't. Uh, and so many of these teams fall way you know, further away from their actual preflop season win total than just a single game or two even. Well, and and here's the reason I think also why the market's going to be a little inefficient on that is because somebody's got to be the originator, right? Yes. Somebody's got to put it up. And and what is going to happen when you've got so much stuff to monitor? It's going to be, you know, Cut, copy, paste is what it's going to be. And that's what you're going to see. I think a lot of the books do on these things. So if the original, the originator of these alternate win totals is going to be wrong, mm-hmm. then pretty much everybody else is going to be wrong as well. I'm just thinking those are like that AFC West. I could see three teams ending up with 11 wins. I could see three three teams ending up with seven wins somehow. Like I, that, I mean that team, that's a, that's just a division that's going to beat up on each mm-hmm. other. <sighs> Like, when does football start? Let's go. I know. I, I'm, so, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. You guys, man, you guys are like, what the hell is this March Madness <laughs> no, garbage no, about? No, no. We don't give a damn. No, we do. We lo- actually love this time of year. I can't wait for more. I, I, I'm enjoying this week. I mean, this is a great yes. time to be alive. Golf, tennis, this, these conference tournaments, and then Survivor Pool next next week, baby. Can't wait. Russell Wilson props. These are interesting to me. Passing touchdowns and passing yards. His passing touchdowns set at 32 and a half. His passing yards set at 3,900 and a half. Just to throw okay. that hook in there. Obviously, one more, one more game than we're used to in, you know, before last season, right? He's only gone over this 32 and a half touchdowns three times in his career. Four times. Sorry, four times. But the yardage is interesting. Isaiah even brought this up earlier. See, it feels a little low. A little low. So I kind of like the over on that. I mean, he he was 
I mean, only 3,100 last year, but missed games. I mean, he had 4,200 the year, over, over 4,200 in 2020, uh, in over 4,000 in 2019. He had over this number in 2017, 2016, 2015. I mean, most of his career, he's gone over this number. I mean, now you can tell me his, his wide receivers are better in Seattle, but he's still going to have weapons here in Denver. He sure will. I, I mean, his the the line should be better than what he's been dealing with in Seattle. Um yeah, so I I like that. I like that over. Actually, did you see? Speaking of one of the weapons, uh, Jerry Judy uh, had a very eventful hour in yeah. terms of his tweets because before this was announced, he had that little like frowny face emoji, mm-hmm. and then he had the oh we lit, and then the fire uh-huh. emoji after that when this got announced, and then it was a big old smile on Jerry <laughs> Judy's face. So uh, Jerry Judy had a day on Twitter. Yesterday. Oh, we lit. Yeah, well, he I think it was sort of representative of the Broncos fan base, right? Mm-hmm. It was their t- complete roller coaster. Or people who had Broncos futures tickets who thought they were buying them, uh, you know, in advance of Aaron Rodgers ending up there. They're like, oh, this isn't worth anything. Oh, yes, it is. You know what the amazing thing is about the National Football League? Because it is 24-7, 365. Like, that's not just a tagline. It is real. I forgot about the Calvin Ridley story, and it happened two oh. days ago. It's like, man, that seems like it's six months ago and now the, with all this stuff Je- going Je- on. Jeff and, and I talked about it this morning. What were you going to say, Kelly? I'm I was sorry. just going to the NFL's mission was achieved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kelly is forgotten about it already. They did a Friday news dump on Tuesday. Mission achieved. Yes. So yesterday morning on a numbers game, I contend, was the show with the shortest shelf life in history. We did a whole Calvin Ridley segment. No one cared two hours later no. after we got off the air. We did the uh, we did the whole Aaron Rodgers just re-signed. No one cared two hours <laughs> later. And we did Drew and I, we did the whole number one pick in the draft. We're like, oh, you got to pick this guard. You got to pick this guard. And then the, the, the Jaguars franchise tag Cam Robinson, everybody thinks that means they're drafting a defensive line, which, by the way, I don't agree with. But even that segment had like a shelf life of an hour and a half. It might mean that they're open for business, though, down in Jacksonville. Maybe. Maybe. I, I'll t- I said this last time. I'll say it again. I do not know why that why people believe that means oh they're definitely not drafting all right they, and look they've got like three yeah. you know potential uh, the Neil uh, the kid from NC State I think Ekwanu is how you pronounce his name I yep. got to bone up on Ikanwu. my draft stuff once this Ekwanu once this NCAA tournament stuff gets done but yeah there are like three guys crossed from Mississippi State mm-hmm. so they could very well draft a tackle look you drafted a quarterback number one you better have multiple offensive linemen up there to protect uh, him and I think the other part of it, Gil, is like, it's not like we heard for the past three weeks that, look, the Jags are going to go offensive tackle unless right. they franchise tag. Yeah. We never yeah. heard that. Never heard mm-hmm. that once. So I'm with you, at least for mar- like the, the overreaction and the reaction in the market seems a little Was wild. Right. Also, like the fact that, again, I said this yesterday, like, why are we convinced it's Hutchinson and not Thibodeau? Like, are we sure about that as well? Because Thibodeau could be had in double digits still. Anyway. By the way, you hear about this Calvin Ridley story? We should <laughs> <laughs> absolutely disappeared. That is buried. Just disappeared. Did you see Kevin Durant's uh, tweet earlier? Oh, no, Somebody was like, oh, I'm a, he said something about like, uh, Kevin Durant's killing me. And Durant immediately went to, he's like, I love this power I have with your parlays going down or whatever it was. I'm, pra- oh. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Adam Silver was thrilled about that. Coming back, more golf and more. We'll update all the scores. Decent's primetime action. 